Hi everyone, producer Laura here. Before we get started on today's show, we just wanted to let you know that this episode of Fintech Insider is brought to you by Finnovate Europe, which is happening in Berlin on the 11th to the 13th of February. Finnovate Europe is the continent's premier fintech event, which is built around live seven-minute demos of the latest fintech innovations. At the event, you can network with more than 1,200 senior-level attendees with more than 50% from financial institutions. And you can gain insights from 150 expert speakers who will be sharing their insights on the future of finance. For more information, visit finnovateeurope.com and quote the VIP code 11FS for a 20% discount on your registration. That code is 11FS11FS, and we hope you enjoy the event. Okay, let's start today's show. Welcome to Fintech Insider Interviews, coming from Fintech Connect 2019 in London. I'm Sarah Kachansky, and it's my pleasure to be joined by Marta Kopinska, Head of Google for Startups UK. Hi, Marta. Thank you so much for coming. Hey, Sarah. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? Good. 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 Yeah. It's we're just saying... December. Yeah. Cool. Like, who can believe it's already December? <laughs> I'm very glad it's December, because it feels like there's a bit of a break on the horizon. Nice. <laughs> um, so, shall we kick off with a little bit about what Google for Startups actually is? Because we haven't had you on to talk about this before, I don't think. Yeah, so it's, 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 it's interesting. I remember when I was taking the job a year ago and all of my friends were like, oh, Google for Startups, that's really cool. But what does it mean? <laughs> what does it do? Um, yes, so uh, the mission of Google for Startups is to level the playing field for tech founders and enable them to succeed with the best of Google. And in that best of Google, we break down into three buckets. It's the best of Google's people, mm -hmm. best practices, and products. So this is anything from giving people access, giving startups access, to the 100,000 super skilled employees that Google has around the world, whose experience varies from AI to product, to marketing, to sales. Um, it's also the best practices such as hiring, management, OKRs, um, uh, digital sprints, design sprints, um, and then the last piece is sort of our connections in the industry. Mm -hmm. And this is generally when my experience lends itself well, having been in startups for many years, how do we connect them to the VCs, the ecosystem, the other startups, and the whole sort of ecosystem that we have created around us. So um, how does it work? So you, do, you take a, do you have like a cohort of startups who come, mm -hmm. come and work sit alongside yep. you? Yeah. Do they sit with it? Do they come and sit in the Google campus in London? Mm -hmm. or? Yeah, great question. So actually, Google for Startups evolved from Campus London, which was the first of campuses that Google built around the world. It was launched in 2012, and, and since then, in the UK alone, companies associated with Campus London have uh, created more than 5,000 jobs, uh, raised more than a quarter of a billion pounds, which is all very, very exciting. Mm -hmm. And all of this has happened without Google taking any equity in the company. So the great thing about this job is that there are other people at Google that are making money, and I get to spend it. Now, you understand? <laughs> why it was a very difficult one to say no to. Um, so, so yes, indeed. There are companies that we have that are generally early stage tech startups that would be based in our startup cafe in Campus London. And on top of that, we run events and high touch programs. So we this year, we had four different cohorts of companies that we accelerated. One that used um, AI and machine learning for good. One that was female founded. Uh, so 10 fantastic companies studied by women, uh, a, com a cohort of startups uh, from Africa, 
I literally came back from Nigeria yesterday, 5 a.m. And trust me, if you want to see the future, go to Nigeria. It was the best thing I'd done this year. And then we had a cohort of startups from Central Eastern Europe. So we're essentially looking at a few things, really in the UK, looking at the ecosystem. How can we focus on creating opportunity for people that are using tech for good? Mm -hmm. um, leveling the playing field for founders, um, having been a woman in fintech for years, I mostly saw stale, pale and male teams. So really excited about supporting women and minorities. Um, and then using the position of London as a hub. So not only working with companies in London or around the UK, but also connecting the ecosystems from Africa, from Middle East, from Eastern mm -hmm. Europe, to all the breadth of experience and money that is in London. So you, so do you, you bring people to London, you bring those companies or representatives from those companies here and then yeah. this is where you base yourselves? Yes, exactly. And the only exception from that would be uh, when we run programs all over the UK. So we can, you know, say go to Edinburgh for a conference in a few days of an activation and we support companies there. So essentially what we want to do is we want to contribute to people being able to come into London and be well networked enough that they don't have to move here. We don't want to contribute to the brain drain. The idea yeah. is draw from the resources here, but still create jobs and opportunity wherever home is. And that is also why I had just gone to Nigeria with a bunch of UK investors to also show them, okay, so you can be in London, they can be taking money from you in the UK, they can be exporting around the world, but here is their home, they're creating jobs, this is the talent, this is the ecosystem, don't be scared, put your money in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it sounds like, it's, it's, when you explain it like that, it sounds like a no-brainer. But, uh, <laughs> but um, so how do, you, how do you select those startups then? What's the process for that? Do they apply to, to Google yeah. or...? Um, it, it varies program by program. Um, we have had open applications for a few of our programs. We have taken recommendations and referrals from some of our partners, and our partners vary from Techstar, Startup Grind, Seedcamp, uh, Tech Hub, um, some VCs that focus more on minorities and women. Mm -hmm. um, so it's sort of, it's, it's, it's generally, uh, it depends on, depending on the program we're going to do, what, what sort of makes, makes most sense. I'm very excited about a few applications that are upcoming that will be opening. So in January, we're opening applications for two programs. One is going to be for a residency program, again, for women founders based out of Campus London and another one for companies from all over the UK, so actually outside of London. Mm -hmm. Because again, when we're thinking about creating opportunity, sometimes it's easy to forget that you go outside the M25 and the world looks very, very different. So this is going to be an immersion program where we bring companies to London for a week of intense training. Then we do remote mentorship and then we meet again with venture capitalists interested in putting money in the companies three months later. I mean, if you can convince people to invest in Nigeria, you should be able to convince them to invest in Newcastle. Yeah, one would think, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I do understand where you're coming from and how problematic that might be, but that sounds like a brilliant idea for the, the economy as a whole. The more we bring fintech across the whole country, the more it benefits everybody. Um, so you mentioned a couple, of, a couple of times there about sort of uh, helping particularly female founders, um, people from, from other backgrounds. Uh, but, this sounds very much like diversity is kind of something that's core of uh, top of mind for you. Is, is it very much top of mind for, for Google as well as this kind of... Uh, it's not just your uh, yep. soapbox to stand on, I suppose. No, I mean, of course, I, I, I suppose somebody would have stopped me if they thought that <laughs> what I'm doing makes no sense. Um, it's, I was really thinking about, you know, coming from the world of startups, what is our USP? Yes. What, what is Google for startups uniquely positioned to do? And I think there's something really powerful about the position in which we are. On one hand, when you think about sort of the ecosystem players and people supporting the ecosystem, on one hand, you could have educational institutions or charities or even universities, people that 
have knowledge but don't necessarily have the means or resources or headcount mm -hmm. to really focus on creating creating programs or opportunity for startups, so maybe you don't really have the clout in the ecosystem. On the other end, you have the sort of radically uh, commercial VCs or investors or accelerators that all take a cut in the companies um, or aim to make financial returns from the programs that they run. And that's where a lot of bias is. So on one hand, we've got people that are well-meaning, but they don't have resources. On the other, you have people that have all the resources, but they really just want to make sure that they make as much money as possible. And they are generally going to accelerate or invest in straight white men that used to work for Goldman. Um, Google's position in the middle sort of means that I still have the resources to be able to create opportunity for those startups, but I don't have to uh, sign up for that same thinking of let's just only invest in people that have historically been bringing returns. That means that it's very easy for me to say we're going to exclusively support women mm -hmm. during a program or we're going to exclusively support people of color. We're going to create a cohort for LGBTQI plus founders. Mm -hmm. um, we can do all that. And, and the great thing is that it is very much in line with, with Google's values. Um, Google was built to democratize access to information and here we're thinking of democratizing access to resources to be able to be successful and we know that you know if you want to be a startup founder if you can't raise money it's very hard to build if you can't hire people it's very hard to grow mm -hmm. all of those things we really believe that access is everything and we want to provide that access so um, it, it sounds like, sorry, why, why do you think that the industry is, has missed this trick because I, I see your point on one hand that um, you know, people tend to invest in what they know, so they've seen that this works before, so they're going to go invest in the same kind of founders. But I'm sure that I've read before that there is evidence out there that says that you know, female founders can, can give just as good returns, if not better. And then if you look at company makeup, companies that have senior female executives also tend to perform better mm -hmm. than companies that just have exclusively, yeah. I would say exclusively male, but I suppose generally it's exclusively senior staff from the same background and yeah. life experience. So why do you think that's been missed? Where yeah. people, how have people missed that? So I could not agree more, and you are completely right. And more and more research shows that diverse teams bring better financial returns, that diversity breeds innovation. If people were looking at the data, probably the world would be looking slightly different. But then we have all read the State of European Tech report that came out a couple of weeks mm -hmm. ago, and it is getting worse. We see that last year, 89% of all VC money in Europe went to all male teams. This year it's 91%. I don't understand how it's getting worse, but it is. So clearly, you know, yeah. we, we know from social psychology and behavioral economics that people quite often take purchase decisions or investment decisions for that matter for actually emotional reasons, more so than data. But it does seem to be that as much as perhaps you and I, I sometimes feel that I live in the diversity bubble, I feel that everybody is talking about this, well maybe we're all talking about this, but the numbers are showing that still not enough money is going to those communities that are incredibly deserving. So, and the fact, I think this is such a great thing then that Google, somebody with Google's power, brand, and as you very um, importantly pointed out, money um, is, is committed to helping with this. Exactly. Um, so, how does Google for Startups work with, uh, we're here at FinTech Connect today, so how does it work with FinTech? Is, have you got special FinTech uh, cohorts, or is it just because you look at kind of tech across the board that FinTech invariably comes into that? Yeah. So, uh, FinTech has been a part of what we're doing, and we haven't run a FinTech-specific accelerator. My heart is in fintech, given yeah. my background, so especially in financial inclusion and, and where, we, where we do run programs for companies that have that sort of positive, sort of tech for good uh, element, the sort of financial inclusion uh, fits very nicely into it. Um, equally, female founders um, 
are quite often interested in fintech, unlike the sort of popular opinion. So, so, so there's definitely an element there. Um, it seems to be that everybody is London, in London wants to do fintech. I'm very happy to say that also my other colleagues in, in Google across cloud or sales organizations are working a lot with fintech companies. So I have not really felt that again, going back to sort of where is the, where is the gap in the market? It didn't really feel to me to date that running a fintech specific program would be the best way for us to uh, for us to proceed. But I am definitely very excited to say that we have had some fintech companies that have gone through our programs. Again, I'll, I'll, I'll use the example of uh, of the non UK markets in the yep. African cohort. Two companies that really want to call out: Piggyvest, a company from Nigeria um, that raised way less than a million dollars and already has six hundred thousand active users. Uh, when you think about the opportunity and also how far that capital can stretch, mm -hmm. how little they've raised and how much they've achieved, it's incredible results. And also we know that sort of the market opportunity in Africa for fintech is huge. Another example is a company called Quara. Um, they're a Kenyan German company that use technology to power financial cooperatives. Mm -hmm. um, again, uh, they raised, I think, less than half a million. Um, they've got 3,000 cooperatives already. Uh, and reach to 300,000 wow. uh, potential cooperative uh, cooperative users. So, sort of, I definitely see our role in supporting the fintech developing ecosystems, mm -hmm. and then finding ways to collaborate or actually connect them to fintechs that are in the UK or in London that are doing incredibly well. And many of them we see today at Fintech Connect presenting mm -hmm. all the success that they've had today. So does Google startups then, um, I think you sort of mentioned this earlier, but have a, a, a bridging gap or sort of a matchmaking role there, I suppose, to a certain extent. If you're working with a, yeah. a startup in, in Nigeria that might well benefit from working with a UK startup, would you then provide that introduction yes. if the circumstances are right? Yeah. So to, um, talking about yourself a little bit, you sort of, you touched on it there, but your background, I mean, your background is fintech in that you co-founder of Asimo, but pr previous to that, were you, were you finance, were you fintech based? Is no. That, no. I had absolutely nothing to do with finance. Uh, I started my first startup in 2006 when I was 19 years old and it was supposed to be a social network, pre-social networks in Central Eastern Europe. I'm originally Polish. Um, so we, 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 we built the platform, we got a ton of customers, we didn't know how to monetize, we couldn't raise money, Facebook came to Poland, we went bust. <laughs> That's Not the only one that's happened to, I imagine. <laughs> definitely, and do you know what? I I learned probably the majority of things I've learned, I'd learned through that experience, but my background was not in finance at all. Um, it was only in 2012, well, actually, through being a migrant, and mm -hmm. I first sort of had a taste of that when I was 18 and moved to Dublin to work as a waitress to support um, financially my mother, I'd experienced the horror of and, and the cost of money transfers. Mm -hmm. Then through my through the experience of my first startup and coming to London in 2012, it very much felt like there was an opportunity to, to use the power of the internet and social media to sort of bridge that gap between the customers and the completely ridiculous world of money transfers. Mm -hmm. But it was really the experience of my co-founders of Asimo who knew money transfers really well and sure. sort of trusted that this sort of the, the, the build of, of the platform that I had done before uh, was helpful mm -hmm. to the mission that we all set out on from slightly different perspectives for them as seasoned fintech mm -hmm. uh, or actually finance uh, executives and, and for me as a, as a founder of a tech platform really interested in finance. But that takes us back to that point about diversity of experience as well, because you said that you had experience, you know, as a migrant, you had experience as, as a female co as a female founder, as a founder of tech, and then yeah. they brought the fintech and that led to a hugely successful 
hugely successful uh, company. Um, so uh, you, you've stayed in you've stayed in London. Um, what is it about London that, when it comes to sort of like tech and fintech, that that you know you, has kept you here? Because presumably yeah. you could have got with Google, you could have gone anywhere. I'm guessing. So yeah, so it's 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 interesting. I think I I have always been adamant that London is the global capital of fintech, and I think mm. it's sort of it's it's slightly accidental in mm. that the sort of the, the other contestants seem to just regionally be more split. So in the US, you have the sort of competition between New York and the Valley. Mm -hmm. When it comes to finance and tech yeah. in Germany, you'd have your Frankfurt, Berlin, sort of Munich, um, Asia, again, sort of more fragmented, although obviously Singapore is rising really fast or Hong Kong, but it sort of felt like as London has is this sort of the one hub in this country, it was very clear that all the resources would um, would flock to, to London. And it has very sort of the, the, the breadth of of, of, of experience here, the the investors, the smart money that is available, um, and, and increasingly an ecosystem that is, I would hope, going to become more inclusive. I think London is a fantastic place to 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 build a fintech, especially given that you know you can you can be in London, but you can still be well plugged into the ecosystem in Asia, in the US, in Africa. I think I think there's something really elegant to the fact that London is in the middle of the map. Yeah, no, I was just about to say, there's something fantastic about London's time zones. Exactly. <laughs> because you can be on a call with Australia and it not be too unreasonable, and you can be on a call with the US and it not be too unreasonable. Hopefully just not in one day. Well, yeah, no, that would be a very long day. I'm sure it has happened to people in the past. Um, so what's next for the Google for Startups? It sounds like you've got, I mean, you mentioned um, a couple of programs that you're very excited about. Is there anything else that you want to mention that's on the horizon? Anything? What are you particularly excited about? Mm -hmm. So there is something, uh, something that I'm really looking forward to is... Uh, 30th of January, we're bringing together a network of UK and European investors that are interested in putting money into Africa. So we already have, we had over 120 conversations with different funds, around 30, 35 are actually interested. Um, if anybody else that is listening <laughs> to this fantastic podcast would like to join, then uh, definitely let us know. Um, and so yes, I'm looking forward to this, it's going to be a sort of a get together of investors from Europe some investors from the local ecosystems in Nigeria, Kenya, and South Africa, and then a bunch of startups that will be pitching. So I think this is a sort of a very elegant continuation of the work we've been doing this year. We're also organizing a global female founders summit mm -hmm. uh, in May. So we're bringing women founders from all different programs that Google for Startups is running internationally. So Google for Startups is present in seven markets. It's uh, UK, Israel, Poland, Spain, uh, Japan, uh, Korea and Brazil. So founders from all of those different places will be coming to London and building together a network of amazing, successful women founders supporting each other. They're definitely looking forward to this. Um, and yes, I mean, it's sort of something that I'm really excited about is continuing to use Google's cloud mm -hmm. to make sure that we put a spotlight on particular issues, which is, yes, how do we... Entrepreneurs are the rock stars of the 21st century. It used to be that, you know, Mick Jagger would go on the cover <laughs> of Time, and these days it seems to be tech entrepreneurs. So how do we make sure that we invest in the people whose values are aligned with ours and who are building the future in which we want to live? As startups create the way that we spend time, spend money, live our lives, choose our jobs. So it sounds like it's a fantastic opportunity for you to use Google's cloud, Google's resources to, to not only um, further causes that will benefit you know, broader society and fintech, but also your own personal causes. It sounds like it's very close to your heart, a lot of the work with diversity and financial inclusion. Um, 
So with sort of all of that in mind, if there was something that you could have told yourself five, maybe ten years ago, that would be, you know, would be the best piece of advice you could have given, you know, young Marta or like... Mm -hmm. What would it be? What, what is the most valuable thing you think you've learned through all that process that you've just described? Um, it's hard to boil down to one, but running the risk of sounding cocky, I think I never really believed in myself to the extent that I should have. And I see women founders or executives fall into that same trap. Um, throughout all of my experiences, I have always been slightly surprised by how quickly I'd learn, how quickly I'd grasp, grasp my ideas, or how people actually wanted to follow me or listen to me or, or, or invest in me. And I think, I think if I had given myself the same, if I'd given myself permission to, to see this, it would have probably been a bit less stressful 13 years. Um, I really wish that all the other women that are in similar positions to me just believe in themselves the same way I see men do. You must have seen yeah. those t-shirts circling the internet. God, give me, give me the self-confidence of a mediocre white man. That's something I generally seem to repeat to myself all the time now. I 100% agree, and I think it's a message that we should be giving to younger women as well when they're still in education, I think. You know, you could, I think the piece of advice is sort of, it will work out and you will be good. Just believe in yourself and you'll get there. Yeah. Um, brilliant. Thank you so much for joining us today, Marsha. I know you're due on stage <laughs> imminently. Um, if people want to find out more about some of those programmes you mentioned yep. and want to get involved, how should they do that? Where should they go? Yeah, so um, startup.google.com is our general Google for Startups website. Uh, or you can go to campus.co slash London, which uh, is more of a sort of platform that talks about what's happening in Google for Startups Campus London. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Google Startup UK or follow me at uh, Madam Entrepreneur, spelled M-M-E, Entrepreneur. Brilliant. I love that Twitter handle. <laughs> um, thank you so much once again for joining us. Um, if anybody's interested in finding me on Twitter, I'm at Sarah Kachansky. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you like what you've heard, subscribe to our podcast, review us on iTunes. We do love reading those reviews. Pass the podcast along. And if you know someone who loves fintech but isn't listening to Fintech Insider, do tell them about the show. If you have any suggestions or feedback, please reach out on Twitter or email podcast at 11fs.com. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye.